0: Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions
1: apply. And welcome to our post-daily news update for Friday, December the 3rd. A December to remember on this date in history, Mister Ting. The most famous WWE ECW pay per view ever from the James Brown Arena.
0: December third. Wow. Okay. Um, well, we certainly remember it.
1: Yes, it was a uh, ominous date um, for that version of ECW. Uh, one of the one of the most, I think, notoriously panned pay per views in in WWE history. I would say. It's so bad that
0: I I don't remember it at all. What was it? December
1: to Dismember. That was the name of the show, not remember. We remember it, but it was the dismembering of ECW. I have dismembered it from my memory. Well, very good. We have lots to get to on today's program. And hello to everyone joining us live. Yeah, all the people in
0: the chat room right now. Welcome. Thank you for joining us live 1 o'clock every weekday at youtube.com slash postwrestling. And also, big hello to all of the listeners on the free feed, as on Fridays we like to put these out on the free feed as well. But if you are enjoying these, uh, and if you want to not listen to us live, but on your podcast app, we always upload these in audio form to our patrons at postwrestlingcafe.com. It's the beginning of the month, so it's the best time to join. Not only are you going to get rewind away number one hundred from this past week, uh, but also MCU later out every week that I just did an episode of with WH Park and Eric Marcotte from last night. So go and check us out.
1: Check all of that out. And we will be live tonight at 1115 PM Eastern time for all members at postwrestlingcafe.com with reviews of SmackDown Rampage. And then we open up the phone lines to hear from everybody. All are welcome when it is open phone lines on the show. I cannot wait. (laughs) <laughs> i don't i didn't try to say that as uh oh god the phone calls um they're hit and miss but they're always fun
0: they always are i That's always have a lot of fun.
1: yes uh
0: always always a lot of time for your questions but if you want to get a question right now we are taking your super chats so uh if you want to leave one at any denomination we'll try to answer your
1: question at the end of this live stream slash podcast All right, let's get into news items. Uh, We were not doing news on Thursday, but we are back today to chat Dynamite on Wednesday night, doing 861,000 viewers, down 4% this week from the Thanksgiving Eve episode. So there wasn't some big bounce back uh, the week after Thanksgiving. Uh, They did still manage to finish third among all cable originals. And uh, Brandon Thurston noting 406,000 viewers in the 18 to 49 demo, almost identical to last week. And a 0.31 is what that correlates to. Um, I I would say that was certainly not what I was expecting for number one, like the automatic bounce back you would have assumed off of Thanksgiving Eve. And for what was a pretty loaded show where you had Cody wrestling, you had sting wrestling, you had CM Punk wrestling, you had Brian Danielson wrestling. That's a very attractive lineup on paper. And, if you even want to take into account the the time zone differences that they've had to undergo over the past month, you know that works out to I, I would say like it's roughly been estimated like an eight percent difference. Um, but this was these were their lowest. This was their lowest uh, numbers since May. Um, on the other side, in Canada, <laughs> they did a spectacular number. They did one hundred and sixty seven thousand viewers. And just over 97,000 in the 25 to 54 demo, which to for those outside of Canada, this is the first time that Dynamite has topped Raw in both total viewers and the demo. Like they do typically very well in the demo, but Raw is consistently the most watched wrestling program in Canada. But this week it was a Dynamite, which of the data I have for this year, this would be the highest or most watched Dynamite of the year. Which think about that. That covers the the major September eighth show coming out of All Out with the arrival of all of Cole, of Danielson, of Ruby Soho, ahead of blood and guts. So whatever it was, here in Canada, this this show did very well. But I, I would say a disappointing number uh for the US side where you thought that there would be a big bounce back. And also not the craziest night uh of like you had the challenge. The challenge won the night on, on cable, but this was not a night where they were going against you know a major sports event so I, I would say it was definitely below what i was anticipating
0: yeah uh i think you know it seems the consensus for this particular set of viewership ratings might be that uh, it is disappointing considering the amount of star power that was on the show uh considering the, the fact that we saw a man get lit on fire did you see his back um, today i I did, and it was awful, and again, all the more perplexing why this was you know if you're gonna do something like a burning tables type of thing, why you wouldn't promote it ahead of time, especially um when I feel like they need every single advantage they can get to try to lift these ratings up at this
1: point in time do do you think so. in in a way in a weird way and maybe this would not have worked out, do you think that this match would have worked better on the taped show? Where you would have had like these images coming out, but Mm -hmm. you're not going to see the full video of it until Friday night, because that is the visual spectacle. And I wonder if that if that would actually help being on the tape show and you get the live reports, I'm sure. And you'd probably like this image that we're looking at right now. If you had that image to promote all week. Yeah, you're kind of giving away stuff, but people are tuning in for the stunt
0: absolutely like they could show the photo of Cody's back afterwards and i think you you'd elicit just as much interest i you know my 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 problem isn't the fact that like you know yeah like i think on certain shows you should leave certain things for surprises but when something like this is as risky as it is uh and as i think rarely seen as it is to not take full advantage of it by promoting it ahead of time is is definitely a perplexing um uh, idea to me you know some other questions that i think we we have to ask is uh, you know have we Yes, we have like sort of like the, the West Coast thing, but like, you know, when it comes to the Brian Danielson and CM Punk bump, uh, it appears that we're, we're kind of past the point where, you know, we've been seeing benefits from that. But, uh, you know, how much of that casual fan base that decided to tune in for some of those early editions of the show when they debuted, how much has AEW necessarily retained? Or are we back to more of a, you know, this is just sort of a bottoming out of like your hardcore fan base right now?
1: Yeah, I, I would say overall, like you're you're seeing like less engagement in, in the weekly show. I think like it, it has coincided with that with that that West Coast um change. Uh I, I would still say like the the demo number, I, I would certainly look at this one. Like last week, I, I didn't put too much stock into into last week's number, but the fact that they were uh pretty much right at it's like slightly below last week's number. Uh, it does tell you something in terms of like a loaded lineup that did not grab people. And like one, one thought process would be like the company it's popularity. It's biggest boom was the month of September. Like that was a massive month for the company, both in terms of television numbers, pay-per-view buys, live event ticket sales that featured the Arthur Ashe stadium show of how many viewers because we always hear how AEW has performed with their DVR viewership. How many of those viewers were suddenly becoming live viewers on Wednesday nights? And are they now shifting back that this is now a program that they will watch, but they are not watching it live? And what, what has been the difference in grabbing those people to watch live that now it's we'll get around to it in a couple of days' time? Like, that's yeah. just one theory.
0: I mean it's a million dollar question you know are are people still like are d v n our numbers um still coming out? are we looking at those and are are those maintaining the the same amounts um are people simply distracted by other things as the world continues to reopen
1: and and what do you look at as a forecast for your bump for winter is coming like that would hopefully mm-hmm. be a night where they will get that 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 bounce back. And um, accelerate their their live viewership for for that night. I don't know if they're necessarily going to see uh, n- next week's show uh, do appreciably more. But sometimes, sometimes television numbers it's very hard to forecast. I if you had asked me Wednesday morning, I would say, hey, this this looks like a loaded up show. You've got some big names wrestling on television, and you're coming off an ex- uh, a relatively low number in in comparison to the scale that AEW is used to on Wednesday nights. But that did not pan out.
0: Do you look at maybe recent, you know, um, uh, results for Raw and SmackDown? And do you think that AEW has anything to glean from perhaps their results? Because they haven't necessarily been dropping. Um, I mean, you know, again, it's it's kind of tough to maybe uh, uh, compare completely, you know, side, side by side. But, you know, we're talking about the Gulf. Well, at least for this, these couple weeks widening a bit more between raw and dynamite.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know if there's necessarily a correlation between one or the other. We've, we've certainly seen that football season. It did not it, like September kind of laid it out that the combination of AEW catching fire in, in that month and the return of football on Mondays was going to lessen the gap in, in the demo. And, and that is not uh, that, has that not really worked itself out. And we, it was kind of like this clear, um this clear separation when they moved to those two Saturdays, like they have not been able to to rebound. And I don't think it's just you know, moving to Saturdays for two weeks was gonna be detrimental, but I think it's it's just one of several factors and maybe just a bit of a normalizing that Danielson and Punk, for instance, if you want to look at them as as your your key people, like it's it's not the same novelty as two months ago to see one of them wrestling on television every week. Um At the same time, like that clearly is a strategy, especially for Danielson, that they want him every single week to be wrestling. And that's that's going to come with with both benefits and negatives, like the negatives, just the sense that you are going to get your audience like that's going to just normalize that Danielson wrestling is not going to be the special attraction when it's something every week. But it may pay off in other in other regards, like their ticket sales are doing very, very well. And having a Danielson wrestle every week, that to me is going to influence someone that is considering going to a show versus watching it at home. So you're, you're weighing both of these. And their pay-per-view, like that was a very good number that they did for full gear. So I don't think it's a sky is falling scenario, but it's also something that you shouldn't be just completely writing off either that, okay, we are, we are not at our popularity peak. And maybe that's too high of an expectation to get back to, but there, there is some less engagement in the live viewership. And that's mm-hmm. and that's extended to Rampage that we, we've also seen. Mm. So looking ahead uh, to, uh, let's just quickly touch on WWE because they announced um, and issued a statement to us as well as several outlets about uh, postponing their Canadian tour in January. So what they were going to do was they were going to do a SmackDown in Winnipeg on January 21st and do house shows that weekend in Saskatchewan. They were going to go to Regina and Saskatoon and then finish up Monday night with a raw in Edmonton. They had updated their events page where they had moved those four dates to the U S and they have now uh, postponed the Canadian dates uh, for September and October of next year. And the observer had a little bit more that this was not a case of ticket sales being soft, but in, in the explanation, the observer is that they were concerned that if we are doing TV on a Monday in Edmonton, if there was some big problem, if there was some giant weather issue, we have to get all of our production and our trucks to St. Louis because the rumble is not Sunday, but Saturday. And, you know, that's, that's a massive stadium show that they are running. And it sounds like that, that uh, routing was a factor in all of this to give them the leeway. Um, so that, that seems to be you know, a, a reason that at least uh, meets, meets logic um, because it didn't seem like ticket sales were, uh, were, were poor for any of these shows. So it looks like you will have to wait till September or October. But the, the two dates at the end of this month are still on the calendar for Laval and the Toronto House show on the 29th.
0: You know, as Canadians, and also, uh, you know, this goes for people in the UK as well, we're always asking, when is the WWE coming with television? When are we going to get a Raw? When are we going to get a SmackDown or a pay-per-view or even AEW for that matter? And, you know, this is just another reminder that there, when anytime you have, you know, TV added to the equation, it's, you have um, a lot more headache and a lot more things that can potentially go wrong when you have so many types schedules and border issues that are constantly changing so it's a very understandable decision
1: tonight's smackdown is in san antonio texas everything is built around brock lesnar returning he is advertised for tonight and next week in los angeles and i guess kicking off the next chapter of this program with roman reigns which uh that will be interesting to see because brock is advertised for the royal rumble so this in theory these two weeks you would hopefully get a sense of where the program is going next and, and the legs that this program is going to have on, on paper, you would hope that they can get to WrestleMania with this, with this feud, but this is very early to be, I think bringing Brock back. So, but it's also the program that you would, I think have the most faith that they have uh, mapped out to a degree.
0: Potentially. Yeah. I mean, they have a number of stadium shows that they're, they're going to have to, to fill before that. So uh, who knows, maybe this will be the start of a
1: series. Maybe they could have the- had Brock on those Saskatchewan shows.
0: Saskatchewan's own Brock Lesnar. <laughs> that is correct. The hometown hero. I highly doubt he will. Well, um, what was Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan supposed to be TV? No, those are those are house shows. Yeah, I, I, there's not a chance, <laughs> even if it's like right next door to where he might be living. <laughs>
1: um, so that, that's all that's announced as of uh, Friday afternoon. I'm sure we'll get some matches uh, within the hours. And then Rampage tonight has Sammy Guevara against Tony Nice. Tony Nice returning to Friday nights at 10 p.m.
0: wow uh the other homecoming uh the other uh, 205 taped 205 taped yeah uh well a bit more eyeballs i would say on this one for tony knees and uh certainly the most high profile match he's had in aew thus far maybe the is this the first tv match he's had
1: uh he's done dark yeah but not not uh not so, on Dynamite or Rampage.
0: The first broadcast match he's had. So uh, all eyes are on Tony Neese, and I'm sure Sammy Guevara, as always, will be tremendous. So I look forward to this one.
1: And then Jade Cargill against Janae Kai and FTR taking on the makeshift team of Penta and Pac.
0: All right, cool. Do you expect any ratings-wise, any any variance from this one? Mm, the I,
1: I guess this this, if anything, will tell you what a... Championship match means on Rampage, if anything, Um, Mm -hmm. I guess I I I would hazard my my estimates. I I don't know if it's going to necessarily mean a lot, but maybe we'll be surprised. The title matches are typically saved and and they don't just throw them out meaningless or in in a meaningless fashion. So um, if the if the show is up by any stretch, I would I would put it on the title match being on Friday night. So this weekend, um, we're not going to go through everything, but this is just a sample uh, of what is coming up this weekend. We have the big Monterey card from uh, AAA on Saturday night. UFC fight night. There's a Bellator card tonight with actually an excellent main event. Uh, NWA is holding their hard times Two pay-per-view on Saturday night. And then Sunday is the war games event. So what kind of has your your interest this weekend? What really jumps out? yeah for me it's
0: probably war games you know it's the show that we probably uh, hear the most conversation about nxt for maybe all the luster that it may have lost recently with the 2.0 branding i think there's still a whole lot of interest in seeing what its takeover level events may feel like how close it'll feel to take over but war game stipulation i think still continues to feel very special and for this roster it's going to be a, a, a major test especially the younger people but this could also be potentially Johnny Gargano's last appearance in NXT, or at least one of one of his last appearances. So I, that certainly has my most interest.
1: Yeah, I've got, I've got three stories to watch this weekend. Number one is Cain Velasquez. We're here on a Friday. I don't sense any buzz for Cain Velasquez returning to a pro wrestling ring, but that might not be the case on Monday. We very, very well may be talking about uh, Cain Velasquez being uh involved in something big on Saturday. I think there's a general uh, interest level for this card on, on Saturday night. Um, The top six matches are streaming on fight. And uh, by the way, Ray Phoenix is, is there and will be wrestling in the tag match. So this weekend, you're not getting uh, what is it? Uh, Three different falls, but you're going to get at least one fall to a finish between FTR and the Lucha brothers on that card Saturday. But uh, Cain Velasquez, I'm very interested to see what he means on this show. And, how much overall um, interest there is in this card on, on Saturday night. It's a very crowded weekend, but I think this one has kind of carved out some space for itself, and it's not going to just be uh, reliant on finding a Twitch stream to watch this. You can get it through Fight TV because the Cubs fan at Lucha Blog is not going to have to be worried about streaming this for everyone because this weekend he's here at Post Wrestling and will have a live report of this event up at postwrestling.com right after the show so we have with triple a taking care of their streaming needs uh we get the cubs fan back on saturday night to do a report for us he's jumped ship we've stolen him we've got him folks we've got the real forbidden door
0: uh i'm very excited for that and and some of the other reports that are coming up on the site as well
1: yes uh this weekend we'll we'll have everything covered eric marcotte is going to have reports for uh, the bellator show tonight there's two awesome bantamweight fights this weekend tonight sergio pettis is fighting kyoji horiguchi which is a fantastic fight and then saturday night the ufc card has uh, jose aldo who has been who has come down to bantamweight his last several fights is going to be fighting rob font so two tremendous 135 pound fights uh, this weekend and then uh, john Ceno will be covering the nwa hard times event and then myself and andrew will have coverage of war games on sunday which is uh, to me another big story this weekend i think war games they need to hit it out of the park I'm not expecting like a high level takeover, but they need to have a show that is at least uh, plays a bit to that audience that I think might be sampling the show if they have not been following the TV. And that's, that's a lot of pressure on, I would say all of these performers uh, on this show to have a really spectacular event, which is also uh last news item uh, going to be Beth Phoenix's final night on commentary. She has announced
0: that is correct. Yeah. Um, I, I, I again, I, I'm I'm looking forward to the show. I'm looking forward to a lot of these performances, and I'm looking for maybe some emotional send-offs here. You know, not just to potentially a Johnny Gargano, but also to a Beth Phoenix. So, I, I think a um, a lot of interest going into the show, and a lot of stories that may potentially come out.
1: Okay, I want to I want to play a quick game with you. Okay, way, um, sure. I'm phoning you, and I'm Kyle O'Reilly. Hey, way, what's going on? Yeah, you still doing jujitsu? Oh, okay man i've got a decision to make nxt 2.0 i want to know way what do you see for kyle o'reilly 2.0
0: i would say kyle um first of all uh go for that black belt man i hear like aren't you a purple belt right now like keep that go for the brown at least way i see
1: enough colors every tuesday night (laughs) on the program i work on i'm 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 focused on uh Pink and red and orange at the moment. I need mm, okay. some
0: answers. Uh, I would say your future probably lies outside of NXT 2.0 in the WWE system at large. Um, you know, I feel like these past two months have been enough of an indication of their plans for you. And unless you want to, you know, continue serving uh, as some sort of coach or sidekick to people like Avon Wagner, I, I would say look for your career. Potential elsewhere. But Japan's closed. Do you think AEW would want me? 100%. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know. I don't know how long we can keep up this role playing, John. But okay. I like the conversation. Um, I, I, 100%. There's a storyline already built in for him. His former tag partner is there. Both of his former tag partners are there. Um, he would be directly inserted into whatever's going on with Adam Cole and the elite right now. Uh, The dream matches are absolutely there. And as far as loaded as AEW is right now, uh, there's always room for somebody who is an elite-level worker, like a Kyle O'Reilly.
1: All right. And we we won't do a phone call for this one, way, But if Johnny Gargano looks down at his hands looking for an answer, what are the hands telling him? The hands... um, (laughs) What ha- is the way, what is the way for Johnny Gargano? This is a tougher one. I have to, I, say. I think it is too. I, I honestly believe it's a, it's a, it's a tougher one uh, for him. I, I look at Kyle O'Reilly as one that I, I think like his, I, I think he has a great landing spot and I, I do not worry about him um, with Gargano. I really, I, I don't, I think if push comes to shove, I, I think like there would absolutely be a spot for him in AEW, but it's less certain. And it all comes down to what he sees for himself in WWE, providing he has a realistic viewpoint that the the main roster, maybe the world is being promised to this guy. You have to look realistically that a main roster move up. It's probably not going like if if Ricochet is in his position, um, mm-hmm. like you, you just have to look at, at where you are slotted and what you want out of life okay. as a as, as a 34 year old and what you're looking at.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there are many considerations for Johnny Carcano, though, besides, you know, simply, um, hey, where am I going to make the most money? Uh, Where am I going to be pushed the hardest? I mean, his wife is a part of this company right now. She's she's currently on, uh, I guess, some form of maternity leave. And that's another question. You know, when Candace, if she returns, when she returns, where would she find her best place in this industry? And I think for her, I mean, NXT is still very much, a, I think, a, a feasible option, um, and and would that influence Johnny Gargano's decision? You know, I'm sure he's taken on quite the influence in the Performance Center. Is there something that they're promising him uh, as far as something a bit more permanent? A lot of big questions. Um, even with an NXT 2.0, I think you know, uh, there's there's going to be need for that veteran, um, you know, representation uh, a, a, as we try to maintain i think a, a bit of what nxt used to be in, instead of you know completely re- completely relying on somebody like a Break breaker but
1: look at this war games match on on sunday like this mm-hmm. match would be very very concerning if you did not have those those key individuals involved in in a chompa and a pete dunn so it's like there needs to be those guys the question is how many How many spots you want to fill with with those veterans, but it's understood like what your role is going to be like the Roderick Strong's and Kyle O'Reilly's and your LA Knights and Chompas. like it is very clear like there's no gray area of what what you are there to do and who who are on the fast track and our priorities to elevate and get out of there and who are seen as those people to help get those people ready at a fairly fast turnaround.
0: Those are still, I would say, like to have one of those roles in NXT where you can be the veteran for people to kind of rely on, for the show to rely on, to always, you know, carry Braun Breaker to an excellent match on TV. For instance, I think there's there, there's still a lot of value. It just depends on the individual and how much how much they want to play that role. And where's Johnny Gargano's head at as far as what he wants to ultimately achieve in the industry?
1: So those are all very pressing questions, and maybe War Games will uh, tip its hand towards. Uh either of those.
0: How about uh, Beth Phoenix? You know, like we know in the statement, she she says she wants to spend a bit more time with her family. Um, you know, it has been brought up that this Edge Miz program would almost be a bit of a perfect way for her to transition into some sort of mixed tag scenario to join Edge against Maurice. Can you see that happening?
1: Certainly. Yeah, I, th- I think everyone thought on Monday like that's that's always an option they have to play. I could, I could see them doing the singles match and it just you extend the feud and then could always have Beth come in and you do that that mixed tag at a, at a certain point do you think she gets a replacement on NXT um they really seem to like the the three person crew so I I, I could see someone else being being groomed for that role yeah, me too.
0: I'm kind of curious who it would be. I I would assume that they'd probably want to keep some of that female representation on commentary. I thought she actually did very well in in the in the position. So
1: If not if not a female in that role, that's that is a spot to the that could answer the strange disappearance of Samoa Joe.
0: That's a very good point. Yeah. There's another person. Strange disappearance is right. That was never quite explained and I mean 2-3 months into this whole experiment does it tell you you know, are, will we ever get an update on Joe as far as his entering career?
1: It, it was a very strange way that all of that was handled. And, and the, the promo he delivered stating like, I will be back. Like it was not like this send off. It was more so just a, it just sounds like it was a, it was a change that they made. And then Champa succeeded him in in that role, because I'm, I'm certain that Joe would have been in that role. If not for him.
0: Before we get out of here, John, we have a few super chats to answer. And some of them questions, some of them not. One of them is from NJ from NJ, who simply sends a 4 super chat to say, I'm boosted AF. So congrats to you. I have no idea what boosted means, but um,
1: cool. I'll assume he got his booster shot.
0: Oh, that's what he means. Okay. Is that what the kids are saying now? I'm boosted? Boosted AF. Congrats to you, MJ. Let's go to Jamie Coe, who sends a $5 super chat. He says, I'm leaving a couple bucks to thank you guys for the entertainment provided during the Cody Street Fight review. I haven't laughed
1: that hard in a while. Were we trying to be funny for that one? I don't remember. I don't remember <laughs> jokes. Um, I think there was concern. There was genuine concern uh, for Arn Anderson, for Cody, um, for his uh, what we thought was like a terrible dry skin issue,
0: I suppose. But um yeah, I, I, I'm I, I'm certain it's it's not much to laugh about right now with, with, with the way he's probably feeling. So all the best in his recovery. Thank you very much, Jamie, for that support. Oh, of course, there's always going to be something from Brandon from New Jersey who sends a 499 Super Chat who asks, if Surfer Ray Odyssey and Jeff Goy were up for election, would you vote for them in the Rest- Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame?
1: Let's see how many of these Brandon sends in before he gives up on them. I think he's going to go broke. Uh
0: eventually so we'll wait for that i have no idea who these people are do you
1: um jeff goy seems to be a recurring character in brandon's uh questions okay we'll do a bit of research or maybe you can do a bit of explanation
0: brandon we got our friend daniel shahori who sends a five dollar super chat who says happy friday how do you feel AEW dynamite in the past year compares against the best year in monday night raw's
1: history creatively um I guess that depends on what you isolate as WWE's best creative year. I mean, 1997 was was a great year for, for the company. Um, 2000 was a very good year. Uh, 2001, they fell off a cliff and then kind of continued that uh, through, through many years. Um, if you look, at, I, let's compare to like 1997 with like AEW. Um, I would say it was ve- like very different programs, but it was – Like the thing about what what I really thought was such a key to the turnaround for WWE in 97, 98. And it was, you know, over, it was a long period of time, but you had the emergence of so many stars in Austin with rock with Mick Foley, with triple H. But one of the keys to that was that the old guard in Brett and Sean, they were out of the picture. You didn't have like the lingering of the last era overshadowing the new era of stars and i'm certain at the time you wouldn't have wanted to lose either of those two i guess they they volunteered to uh hand over brett but i mean they you know on the surface it seems like if you told people at the beginning of 97 by the end of uh january of 98 both of these two their futures in this company would be either done or looking extremely bleak uh, that would be a sign of panic but i thought it worked out very well for them that you had this whole new era that were fresh in the fans' eyes as stars. And I think that AEW has a lot of that too. That you are seeing, you're seeing a combination of some stars that have been stars from day one in your Jericho's and Omegas and Moxleys, but we're also now starting to see stars emerge of this first wave, your hangmans, your MJFs, your Darbies, and And it and they feel like new, fresh stars in the eyes of the fans, regardless of how many years they've been on television. And I think that's always like your lifeblood of your company is fresh stars in the fans eyes that it feels new, current and a company that is leaping towards the future rather than holding on to the past. And that audience, it's it's a it's a feeling of growth overall in terms of its vision. Hmm. I would agree. Yeah. While
0: concurrently bringing back stars from the past, like a CM Punk, or uh, stars of the present, like a Brian Danielson, and trying to mix those in with the, the your projects that you're trying to get up and running at the same time, I it's very hard. I would say to to compare the two. I mean, because they, number one, they're twenty years apart. Um, and also, it's a very different landscape in the industry. I will also say, I think the uh, the aims of the products are very different. Where I think for an AEW, the, the the onus on I think great creative is absolutely there; it always is. But they're also very reliant on great in ring wrestling, great in ring action. You know, matches that you could promote, not necessarily based on storyline alone, but also in terms of perceived match quality which I wouldn't say was necessarily the case back then in like a 97 or 98. So um, I would say their aims are very differently, but I think for its time, I think AEW is doing tremendously just as WWE for its time was probably doing tremendously.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you were to watch an episode of raw today from 97, um, I think some of like the top stuff, I think it would still resonate. There was like some tremendous reactions to like the Brett Sean stuff throughout that year, the the emergence of Austin. There's also stuff on that show that would probably age horribly. Uh, but at the time, it was viewed very differently. And you're booking a program for a 1997 audience uh, that maybe is not at the the standards a 2021 audience would hold itself to.
0: Mm-hmm. Finally here, one from John Cena who asks, what are your thoughts on pretzels weigh your holiday lego wish list
1: this year are you is the home alone set on your your wish list, or is that out of out of your grasp you know not so much it's 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 a
0: little too large i think for my taste i like you know you see my shelf back here i only have so much room anyway so uh i my i've done my holiday shopping this year i i dropped like a very um shameful amount for uh black friday on on a few sets including the seinfeld set i got the friends set i got another modular so i'm good for for wait the d- these are all this is all christmas gifts for yourself pretty much yeah i, oh I saw a deal God. on amazon and i just like i'm I'm so weak when it comes to good lego deals
1: i haven't bought one thing for christmas nothing no eh? Yeah. you're about to it's i think it's too late to get like amazon orders in at this point i'm pretty much cutting it close this, this i think you out. still have time could I? I certainly think you still have time well i'm going to uh, dedicate an afternoon to just get christmas gifts for people but I, I bought nothing christmas to me feels so far away but it's we're like three weeks away
0: yeah yeah man uh and spider-man no way home's coming out that to me is my christmas gift so i'm that looking is. forward to that
1: all right Our gift to you will be rewind to SmackDown tonight at 1115 p.m. Eastern time. We will be live for all post wrestling cafe members. So check that out as we will be chatting SmackDown Rampage and taking your calls and then back Monday with another daily news update Uh, this weekend. You can check out WrestleNomics radio dropping Sunday evening with Brandon Thurston and Chris Gullo and the NXT war games post show hosted by Braden Harrington and Davey Portman. It will be live. You can follow along with them. They're doing a watch along throughout the show and then they'll chat about the show afterwards so check all of that out it'll be a lot of brayden and davy going through war games all at twitch.tv slash up next all right that is it for us we are signing off and we will speak with you tonight